so good. You may be seated. Welcome to Parallel Church. If you're joining us for the first time or you're relatively new to, to our church, we have called our church Parallel because we have a vision to come alongside. We have a vision to come alongside you and others. We have a vision to come alongside our communities and we do that in multiple ways. And we have a vision that that is, we do that because Jesus instructed us to walk with. He walked with us and we're instructed to uh, walk with others and follow his lead. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to all of our campuses. Welcome to Tabor, Claire's home, Okotoks, Lloyd Minster. Welcome to you guys. Welcome to our online campus as well. Welcome to Travis, uh, Valena, uh, Jennifer, Deborah, Berkeley, Jamie, uh, Phyllis, Jerry. Welcome to all of you guys that are watching wherever you're watching around the world. Welcome. Give them a big hand. Welcome to part one of a brand new series we're entitling uh, Rhythms of Grace. And I feel like I need to do a disclaimer or, or warning before we get into this series. This is a very unusual um, series for me and, and in delivering it. I, I've been pastoring for 26 years and speaking for 26 years. And this is a very, 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 very rare occasion of what I'm about to do uh, in this series and the rareness of it is I don't ever or very rarely I have in the past in a few occasions but I, I very rarely speak into something that I am currently going through and the reason why I, I don't do that is um, because how many know the hindsight is 2020 and when you're in the middle of something you don't always see it clearly and I often wait till after I've gone through something or processed it or, and, and read it and, and look back on it and then learn lessons from it and where was God in this and where was God in that and what's the principles and cross-reference all the stuff that I could cross-reference scripturally to back up what I see or saw and then I speak it. Well, this one is this one's different because I'm going to be a little bit more raw. Um, it'll be emotional in some ways, but it's going to be very raw because I'm going to share something that I am currently learning and processing and God is messing with me um, in a big, 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 big way. And I, I felt like, okay, well, this is just me. And as I'm processing it through it, I, even on my vacation a couple weeks ago, I was learning some things and processing some things and working through some things and learned some stuff. And as I was going through this, I had this burning um, thing in my heart, this just sensation that I have to, I have to share this, that this is just not me going through this. And that what I'm learning is something that, that is, that needs to be shared and shared now. Um, and that I, I feel like I'm hoping uh, you're going to get as much out of it as I'm not. And if nothing else, uh, you can be my counselors and I will just air out my stuff. Is that, is that okay? Um, we're going to go through this, but I'm hoping that as I share this, there's some things that you're going to learn um, and, and it'll resonate with you like it's resonating with me. We've called it Rhythms of Grace because there's a, a phrase in a scripture that I, I quote often 
And in fact, I just quoted it as I talk about our vision of our church. Jesus invited us to walk with him. That's Matthew 11. And, and it's this scripture, and I'm going to read it from the Message Bible because th there's the phrase that Eugene Peterson uses in, in this verse, the unforced rhythms of grace, I've always loved it, but something stood out to me this time that I hadn't seen before. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 11, verse 28. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me. You'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Now, as I, as I read this and, and thought this, this is Matthew chapter 11. And something hit me this time that hadn't hit me before. And that's Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 9 is the chapter in which Matthew was first called by Jesus to be a disciple. So this is the very beginning stages of the author, Matthew, who's writing this. This is the very beginning stages of at least him and, and probably many of the other disciples. This is the very beginning stages of Jesus' ministry, but this is the very beginning stages of them walking with Jesus. And the reason why they're following Jesus is because, well, Peter, James, and John followed Jesus because Jesus did an incredible miracle with fish. And they had fished all night and hadn't caught anything. And then he's like, hey, throw your nets on the other side. And, and to which they're going, you stick to your carpenter thing. I'm get, we're going to stick to fishing. And the water goes under the boat. So the others, it doesn't matter what side we throw on the fish. Yeah, like, thanks, carpenter Jesus. Um, and yet they did it and hauled in a massive number of fish. And then Jesus asked to borrow their boat and spoke a message. And they they're like, we're going to follow this guy. If he can do that, if nothing else, he's going to make us rich. If he can make that much fish, just like that, and if he can speak like that, like we're going to follow Jesus because of the miracle that he did and what he, you know, exploits and what he, how he taught, we're going to follow him because of that. Matthew follows Jesus because Jesus said, follow me, and accepted him as a tax collector and connected with a bunch of people. And he's like, I'm going to learn how to connect with people like that. Matthew, a tax collector, would have been very lonely. And watch Jesus connect authentically with people. And he's probably following Jesus to connect with people. And here Jesus is saying at the beginning of his ministry, saying his disciples, okay, guys, follow me. Come follow me because get away with me. Walk with me because I'm going to teach you how to. Ready for it? Rest. To which if I was one of the disciples, I'd be like, my grandma can teach me that. Like, I'm not following you, Jesus, to learn how to rest. I'm following you to learn how to do miracles. I'm following you to learn how to preach. I'm following you to learn how to connect with people. I'm following you because I want to I heal the sick. It'd be cool to walk on water. It'd save a lot of time to get across the lake if we could do that. I, I'm learning. If I could turn, I could save a whole lot of grocery bills if I could do that thing that you did with fish and loaves. Like, that would be, like, we could learn. I'm following you because of that. That makes sense. Right, but come follow me because I'm going to teach you how to rest. Then Jesus goes on, he says this, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And this is where we're going to park in this series, the unforced rhythms of grace. Now, I've always loved this phrase, loved how Eugene Peterson, you know, translated this, the unforced rhythms of grace. I love it. And the reason why I love it is because he's a tired and worn out and burned out religion. And I kind of grew up, you know, in, in religion. Many of you have as well. And I was like, yeah, I, like it forces you into righteousness. It forces you to do things. And Jesus is saying unforced. I like that. There's not forced. And it's grace. I like that. The grace. And I've always f focused on the words unforced and grace. And I could champion that. But all of a sudden, 
all of a sudden, a couple weeks ago, this phrase kept hanging in my head and the, the, the word rhythm kept circling over again, rhythms. And I was like, okay, how does grace have a rhythm? How is it unforced, like a rhythm? What a weird word to choose. And yet what came to me as I began to, to think on this is that there's a rhythm right in this verse because Jesus said, walk with me and work with me. Walk with me and work with me. Walk with me and work with me. And I realized in my own life, I am very comfortable with the work part. I'm very comfortable with the working with God. I'm very, very comfortable with the working for God. I'm not so comfortable with the walking part. You can ask my wife. I Walking, like, no. She, like, she's like, hey, do you want to go for a walk? And my first question is, to where? <laughs> like, there's got to be a purpose. Well, let's just walk. Why? Why would we do that? Like, why? Well, because it's healthy. There's lots of other, like we could run, we could like, there's lots of other things we could work out, we could do things, walk. And I, I've come to realize, hello, my name is Kelly, and I'm a workaholic. That came out of my mouth. <laughs> and I, I, I realized that I have a fear. All of us do, but I have a, I have a soul fear, and, and the soul fear I always thought was boredom, because I, I, I hate being bored, and I always thought it was boredom, but I've come to realize I fear slowness. I hate slowness. I get irritated with slowness. Do you want to hear a funny story as how I came to that revelation just on my holiday as I was driving um, behind some slow people? <laughs> That's one thing that irritates me. Like, you can... You can you can whip by me, you know, screaming past me way beyond the speed limit. And I'm not like, hey, idiot. I, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm like, I'm going to get there. Come on, go. You can, you can do it. You got to get there quick. Go. I, that doesn't bother me. But I get behind somebody that's driving slower than the speed limit or quite honestly, confession time, the speed limit. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like coming unglued. And here's, here's, the, here's the embarrassing, shocking thing. I was listening to a podcast while I was driving and the podcast, the, the, the podcast host was like, let's just pause and reflect about that right now. <laughs> and I was like, pause and reflect. I was like, and I started getting irritated and I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm looking for the four times speed, the eight times speed. I'm like, speed up, pause. If I wanted to pause and reflect, I would pause you. Like, don't give me dead space on a podcast. Like what is going on? And I'm like, I'm giving you insight. And I'm realizing and all of a sudden I was like, after I calmed down, I'm like, Ooh, I got a problem. Like, this is a problem. I was like, this is not healthy. This is not normal. And the scripture, the scripture came at me and I was like, walk with, I was like, I can work with God. I can work for God, but I walking with, yeah. And I'm certainly putting myself in one of the disciples, you know, person I was listening to Jesus, if I was to listen to Jesus and I'm just newly following him and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, this is, this might be the guy. I don't know if this is the guy, but he sure does some cool stuff and he really talks well. Like I'm following him. And then he says, come on guys, come here, come here, come here. I'm going to teach you how to rest. I'd be like, 
peace out. <laughs> I would have walked away. Like, I would say, like, lead me. You know, you can lead me. I will lay down my life for you. I will work for you. I will risk for you. I will do, I'll take adventure for you. I will do, I'll preach and be persecuted. I'm okay with all of that. But rest? Like, boring, like, like slow, like, I'm not coming to you to learn how to rest. And I was like, why did Jesus say that? And the word that jumped out at me is learn the unforced rhythm. The word rhythm, I was like, rhythm. And I started meditating on the word rhythm, and I realized that walk with and work with is a rhythm. And I realized that right from creation. Right from the very beginning, God created rhythms immediately. The first thing he created was day and night. Rhythm. And when he created us as human beings, he breathed life into us and our hearts started beating in rhythm. And that if your hearts beat, if, if your rhythm is interrupted in your heart and your, your heart starts beating irregular or if the rhythm is off, you need help immediately or else you die. That heart, the heart is meant to be in rhythm and that it's healthy when it's in rhythm and un, you know, out of rhythm, it's unhealthy and deadly. And I realized that in my own life, I've got an irregular heartbeat, not physically, but I have an irregular heartbeat and I don't understand rest and I don't understand walk with, I understand work and it's, I've got an irregular heartbeat and I, was, and I began to become very introspective. In this regard, Jesus goes on. He says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. Learn to live freely and lightly. Now watch. Jesus says, learn to live freely and lightly. I could use a little bit more freedom. I could use a little bit more lightness in my life. Anybody else? I don't think I'm the only one. I could use some more freedom. I could use some more lightness. I, I like that part. And he says the way that you get that is not to avoid work, but is to learn the rhythm between rest and work. Rest and work and rest and work. And I, as a workaholic, I, I don't know how to rest. And I don't know how to rest in him. And I don't know how to walk with, because I... I'm like, even in my devotion time, come on, I'm like, I don't know how people sit. And I had a pastor friend who, when I first got into pastoring, he's like, you need to sit and pray and do devotions for four hours. And I tried it once. Four hours of sitting there and praying. I was like, I was like, oh my goodness. My mind went everywhere but God. Like I was like all over the place. And I was like, okay, I'm different and God's gonna talk to me, but he's gonna talk to me on a dead sprint. He's fast too. He's gonna talk to me on the dead sprint. He's gonna speak to me. He's gonna, you know, I have sayings I, and I still do. I, I, like all these sayings that I, I tell and I've talked to my kids about and I've talked to you about and all the rest of it is like, if God wants to, you know, if it's easier to steer a moving car than a parked one. That's my theology. Like, I'm on, God's going to steer me. If I'm going the wrong direction, he's going to get me on the go. It's easier to steer a moving car than a parked one. Because that's how I connect with God. And I, all of a sudden just hit me the last couple of weeks is like, <sighs> I'm out of rhythm. And then Jesus said this in another translation. Watch this. 
Another translation says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. There it is again. Take my yoke, that's the work part, upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle, humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, I like easy, and my burden is light, I like light. Right? He's like, he's like he says, you're going to find rest, not just physical rest, although that's implied here. You're going to find rest for your souls. The disciples that were listening to this and, and learning from Jesus got it. John got it because John would later write in, in 3 John 1 verse 2, he said this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And Jesus said, hey, if you come to me, I'm gonna give you rest for your souls. And John says, hey, if you want prosperity and, and if you want health and if you want longevity, you're gonna need to find prosperity and health in your soul first. And in this verse suddenly stood up to me because I thought, hey, there's a lot of people who are in disease or disease. And there's a lot of people today who are in are struggling with tensions, whether it be relationally, emotionally, financially, are struggling with tensions. And there's a lot of disease, which is leading to a lot of disease. And this is going on. And there's struggles in marriages, and there's struggles in finances, and there's struggles in business, and there's struggles in emotional health, and physical health, and spiritual health, and mental health. There's all these struggles. And I was like, the problem, and we put the Band-Aid on. If we get physically diagnosed with some, an illness, we put a Band-Aid on it, and we get cured from that illness, and we think we're cured. When the root of that, according to John, is soul health. And I realized... Jesus invited them to deal with their soul health. Why? Why? The writer of Hebrews tells us, and this was an earth-shattering revelation for me just recently. This is like fresh, fresh. And I was reading through Hebrews 4, multiple translations. And what I often do is I read through scripture and I get something and something stands out to me. I just kind of cross-reference a whole bunch of translations and, and see. And, I, and often, I, like... I don't go to the Message Bible for deep theology, but I go to the Message Bible because often Eugene Peterson says it so practically that it unlocks something else. In, that I saw. And he said this in the Message Bible. He said this in Hebrews 4.1. He says, for as long, look at this, for as long then as that promise of resting in him. Okay, here we go. Jesus says, come to me, rest in me, like all this kind of stuff. The writer of Hebrews says, as that promise of resting in him pulls us on to God's goal for us. And this stood out to me. And the reason being is because the, the reason why I hate rest, fear rest, in fact, I've got so many embarrassing stories that one of the embarrassing stories is when I was like 18, 19 years old, um, I was living with my grandparents at, at the time. And I, I originally about 16, 17 years old, I kind of left the church for a while and just disillusioned with church and all the rest of it. And when I came back um, to a church and found a, a, a different church and, and came alive with it, I became like passionately on fire for God, for the church and all that. And I was, I would go out to everything that the church offered, every small group I was there, every, I was part of the music team, I was at every practice rehearsal, I was out all the time. And one of the nights that I came, rushed home, gulped down supper and ran out, I gotta go, ran out the door. My grandma stops me at the door and she's like, she's like, Kelly, you gotta slow down. And I was like, <laughs> she's like, no, no, no. She says, 
She says, you, you're gonna, you need to take a break. You don't need to be at everything. You don't need to do everything. And I was like, this is my reply to her. Grandma, I will rest when I die. Anybody ever say that? I got all eternity, but while I'm here, I got stuff to do. While I'm here, I got a short life to live and that life I'm going to go and I'm going to I'm going to do everything because I want to stand before God one day and say, well done, good and faithful. So you did everything I, I asked you to do and expected you. That's what I wanted. And so I was like, I can't afford to rest because if I rest, this is why I hated it. If I rest, I stop. And if I stop, things get undone. And things aren't getting done. And I might miss an opportunity. And I might, you know, it's going to slow a project down. And it's, I already confessed about slowness. Like, not good. And I thought, I thought, man. And then I read this verse. And it says, resting in him actually pulls us towards God's goal. It's not a stop at all. It actually, God goes to work. And he starts pulling towards God's goal. So sometimes if I go, 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 that's my effort. That's my goal. I'm achieving my goal. And if I rest and stop, all of a sudden God goes, no, let's, let's just pull a little bit closer to my goal. That's not stopping at all, that he's actually pulling us towards his goal. And I went, oh, because I, I got some goals. You got some goals. In fact, this is why this has been messing with me so much lately is things are ramping up like exponentially in our church. Like I, I, we're having things happen right now that I envisioned would happen maybe 10 years from now, 15 years from now. We're having stuff and opportunities happen right now that I'm like, oh my. Like I have a vision, I've shared this with you. Last year I did a little series, just a short one, 17 week series on let's take our job back. I don't know if you remember that or not, but just a short little series. Let's take our job back. And in that series, I shared a vision of, hey, one day the government's gonna come to the church because the church is taking its job and the government's gonna ask the church for help. Well, guess what? That was a 10, 15, 20 year vision. If we can take our job back, guess what? This week, this week, the Minister of Social Services for the government of Alberta toured our, our My City Care office for over an hour, sat down with Jen and, and Jade and the team, sat down with the team and started and just was in awe of what they saw and what they witnessed. And their takeaway was that the government should partner and, and, and partner with faith based organizations because they do it with such excellence. I was like, so we got some goals. We got some things. And I'm like, Let's, it's time to ramp up. It's time to ramp up. And so I went, I went to Isaiah 58, which, which I shared with you, right? I shared with you in, in the series a lot. Remember in Isaiah 58, we shared verse 12 in particular, kind of based the whole series off it, that we're going to be rebuilders of cities and restorers of homes. Remember that? Well, let me read Isaiah 58 for you. And I'll go through this quickly. I'll read it for you again. And I want you to see something that also just stopped me dead in my tracks. I've read it before. I've preached from it before. But all of a sudden, with this word rhythms, with this idea of rhythms, I saw something I'd never seen in this passage before. Look at this. Isaiah 58 says, no, this is the kind of fasting I want. Um, calls you to, the, to free those who are wrongly imprisoned and stop oppressing those who work for you. Treat them fairly and give them what they 
earn. Verse seven, I want you to share your food with the hungry. We're doing that. We're doing that. I mean, our, our facility in Tabor, our parallel church facility in Tabor is, is open now, uh, basically uh, all every day of the week. And we're using our kitchen in there. And we are, again, in partnership with the government, we are feeding children every single day in eight different schools. Okay? I want you to feed the hungry. We're doing that. In, we've been doing that in Lethbridge for a while, but we're doing it in Tabor now. We're doing it in Lethbridge now. We're feeding the hungry. Then it says, I want you to welcome poor wanderers into your homes. Okay, we're, we're doing that. We're housing people. We're, I want you to give clothes to those who need them. We're doing that. We're street stores. We're, we're giving clothes away all the time. And then it says, oh, we do, and do not hide from relatives who need your help. I'm not sure we're doing that. Yeah, that, that, part, that part, we're leaving that one out. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm with you, Lord. <laughs> the relatives, are you kidding? Anyway. <laughs> told you it's going to be raw. No, just kidding. And it says this. It says, if you do these things, your salvation will come like the dawn. Yes, your healing will come quickly. Your godliness will lead you forward. And the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I'm here. He'll quickly reply. Stop oppressing the helpless and stop making false accusations and spreading vicious rumors. And then it says in verse 10, feed the hungry. Help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as day. The Lord will guide you continually, watering your life when you are dry and keeping you healthy too. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an overflowing spring. So I read this and I even preached this last year. I preached this last year and I said, look it, if we do the work, God's work, God's way, he promises us health. He promises us that we, you know, refreshing. He promises that if we work at his, but we just work his way, we're going to be refreshed, which I don't disagree with because work is not bad. And I was like, that's, that's right. That's amen. That's right. And then he says, your children, verse 12, this you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as the people who rebuild the walls and cities okay, restore us and, and become restorers of homes. Rebuilders of cities, restorers of homes. That was our whole vision. And then I kept reading. And guess what? The next verse says, keep the Sabbath day holy. And I went, wait, wait, wait. Because Sabbath... Sabbath means day of rest. And it says, keep it holy or keep it set apart. So it says, hey, in the midst of being a rebuilder of cities and restorers of homes, in the midst of feeding the hungry and taking care of this, remember in the midst of all, doing all of that work, I will refresh you, I will build, I'm going to make your, your work light. He's in the middle of that, keep the day of rest set apart. And I went, <gasps> Because I haven't. And here's, this is just into Kelly's vault a little bit. I grew up in the church, as you know. And Sabbath, I was taught Sabbath. Except, to be honest, I hated it. Because Sabbath meant I had to dress up in clothes that I didn't want to dress up in or were uncomfortable and wear things that I didn't want to wear. And I had to stay in those clothes. And, in, and Sabbath afternoon wasn't for play or for fun. Sabbath afternoon was for naps. And then after the nap was in those uncomfortable clothes and after the nap was done, then I had to go back to church because Sabbath means church. Remember when we had to do church like multiple times? 
a week. We had it on Wednesday and Sunday morning and Sunday night. And Sunday night, we had to go back to church. And so when I grew up and, and moved out and had a choice, I was like, Sabbath, peace out. <laughs> Anybody else? And so when I hear people talk about Sabbath, like, yeah, yeah, no, it's one of the commandments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Like, <laughs> like, no. And I didn't want Sabbath. And so I've kind of avoided all that. And all of a sudden, God's been messing with me and Jesus has been messing with me with the, the word rhythms and saying, if you want rhythms, right? Hebrews 4. This is what I said. If you want rhythms, you're going to have to have the rhythm of work and rest. And in the midst of all the work and doing work God's way, that's good. You're going to get rest restored. But, but remember the day of rest and keep it holy. I was like, wait, hold on. And so I've been doing a deep study into Sabbath and rest. And this series, I'm going to teach us on like the earth-shattering stuff that I'm learning about Sabbath. And I've probably been taught this my whole life. Somebody's probably tried it. But all of a sudden, I'm, the light bulbs are going on. And I don't think, and it might be timing uh, for you as well as it is for me, I don't think it's any coincidence that this is the time. Because look what the writer of Hebrews said again. He says, for as long then as the promise of resting in him pulls us towards God's goal, it says this, we need to be careful that we're not disqualified. And it says, being careful not to be disqualified is, is this. This is what he's saying. He says that if you get out of rhythm, there's things that are going to disqualify you. It could be your health gives out. You're going to be disqualified from fulfilling God's call because you died before your time. Because you didn't, what? You didn't learn how to rest in him. And I'm like, whoa. And I've had... You know, uh, pastors, do you see this? Oh, there's pe pastors that, are, that have died in the last number of years and, and it's kind of shock and ministry stop and now what and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, <gasps> and you're like, what happened? Why? And then I've seen other pastors disqualified because morally they gave out and all of a sudden it's affairs or financial things and all this is going on. And I'm like, wait, like a pastor, how does a pastor of a large church, a large ministry, big anointing, you know, you know, great preacher, all that, how does, how does a pastor who does all of this work suddenly wake up one day and have an affair? He doesn't wake up one day and decide, I'm going to have an affair. What happens is, is he neglected something. And in that neglect, he started looking for something else to fill him that was supposed to be resting in God and pulling in and, and having God fill him. And he looked for something else to fill him and is unhealthy and it, it caught up to him. And all of a sudden now he's disqualified from his call because some, something got disqualified, something gave out. And I was like, there's multiple ways of being disqualified. And I went, I went, wait, 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 wait. I was like, God, I, 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 this calling this, that's on this church, this calling that, that what is happening now, I do not want this to be a sprint. This has to be a marathon. And I want to learn the rhythms of grace. I want, I want it to be light. I want it to be easy. I want it to be with you. I want, I want you. I want this verse. I want to be pulled towards God's vision. Not just me pressing. Because I can press on towards where I love that verse. I press on. I, that's the one that I like. I resonate. Yeah, like I press on, and I realize that even in our walking, there's a rhythm that I can press. Right, but then there's a pull, and it's a good thing that one foot doesn't. That we don't always just press because then we'd we'd be like kangaroos, like. 
That looks exhausting to me. I don't know. <laughs> Everything's rhythms. And I realized, and confessing to all of you, I have an irregular heartbeat. My rhythms are off. And so I went and had a conversation with our board. And very graciously and generously, our board has, and, and, and Joylene and I have decided that I'm going to take, and Joylene and I are going to take a sabbatical. And a sabbatical is an extension of a Sabbath. And a sabbatical is an extended time away from the work. And the reason why we're doing, we've been in 26 years of ministry, and it was proposed to me by, by a pastor and saying, hey, have you ever thought of, and I was like, blah, blah. And the reason why I, I resisted ever taking sabbaticals is because I've seen pastors do it wrong. And I've seen it been destructive for the church, the ministry, the pastor, all of it. And so therefore I resisted it. Hugely resisted it. And they kept pressing and I was like, okay, if they're pressing, I need to learn what one is. And not make, make sure it's not done wrong. So I've been studying and learning and, and discovering and, and I, I and in that, I realized that sabbatical is just an extension of the Sabbath. And so I'm doing it backwards. I'm taking a sabbatical so that I can learn how to Sabbath. You're supposed to Sabbath and then, but I'm doing it backwards because I realize my rhythm, my heart rhythm is off. And that there's, if I don't correct it now, while healthy, I could get disqualified. And I, this vision is too valuable to, to put it on hold. And you guys would carry it on anyway. But I don't want to miss it. <laughs> I don't want to miss out. So I'm going into sabbatical with three purposes. And the purposes of the sabbatical, are number one, is to rest. That's a four-letter word. It's been a four-letter word to me, but it's going to be redeemed four-letter word. I'm going to learn how to slow, I can't slow down <laughs> enough. And for a purpose, like, I'm learning how, and it's not as daunting as I thought. But I, I read this, and this, this really helped me, this quote from David Ells. He said, this is a sabbatical is not a vacation. Thank God. <laughs> it's a different kind of work. I was like, you got my attention. It is a directed time of refreshment and restoration. It is a time for drawing closer and listening more carefully to the intent of deeper intimacy with God. And here's what I've come to realize is that I'm very comfortable being an employee of God and working with God or for God, but I don't know how to be a friend of God, a son of God, and I don't know how to walk with like I should. And I realized this reading the story of the prodigal son 
and, and reading the story of the prodigal son, realizing that I more identify with the older son than I do with the younger one. And I can easily say, God, but I've done all these things for you. I'm serving you. I've served you. And I'm outside sulking while the party's going on in there with people connecting with the father. And the father came out to the son and said, I want you to join the party too. And I feel like this is God calling me to join, come back in the party. To learn how to walk with God as comfortably as I work with him. Which leads me to my second purpose of my sabbatical is to reconnect. And I want to reconnect with God, like I said, and take time to just to sit. Ah, to probably go for walks. <laughs> my wife is like, glory. <laughs> But I also realized I, that my workaholic disease has made it such that I am not as present with those I love. You, my family, I'm not as present with people as I should be. And you deserve more. And I realized that if I can slow down, that I can be more present for you and not always my mind racing a thousand miles ahead and thinking what next tax I got to get done. And if a conversation goes slower than what my mind does, that I don't disconnect from that conversation and, and all these things. And, and you deserve more. And so I, I'm going to reconnect and learn how to reconnect with God, but I want to learn how to reconnect with people. And I'm going to come back a better pastor. And the third purpose of a sabbatical is to refresh. And this vision, the vision of this church is so great. It's unique. We're starting to get calls. And I thought, again, 10 years from now, we're starting to get calls from churches and pastors who are like, how do we get in? How do we get, how do we get in on what you're doing? And how do we do it in our city? And how do we do all that? And I'm like, this is stuff that I saw years from now. I was like, okay. The vision is, the calling is huge. The vision is great. And I, I want you to know something. I'm not taking a sabbatical to run from you or the calling or the church or the vision because I've seen pastors who've taken sabbaticals and then they don't come back. And the reason why they don't come back is because either they or the church was unhealthy. And, and Robert Saylor said this, I read this. It says a sabbatical is for a healthy pastor and a healthy congregation. And I, I was like, whoa, that's really powerful. We have a healthy congregation. Come on, we're, we have incredible campus pastors. We have incredible volunteers and teams. We have an incredible board who's healthy. We have an incredible uh, administration team and, and business team that is, that, that is taking care of, of all, like all the details. We have an incredible vision. We have incredible communicators, not just our campus pastors, but we have Pastor Tim and Pastor Jeremy and other, we have multiple communicators. Like you're not gonna lack there. And I, I realized in the midst of this, like our congregation's in a healthy spot, but I also want you to know that I'm in a healthy spot. Like I'm not doing this because I'm desperate. And this is the conversation I've been having with my sabbatical coach. I was like, well, 
I, we can push this back. I can, I can wait. Like, I'm not, we're not desperate. Like, I'm not desperate. And he goes, no, that's the perfect time. Because if you get desperate, it's too late. And if you get, if it's too late, then you don't come back. And I want you to know that, that we're, Joyla and I, we're in a healthy space. Um, you know, I think we're going to benefit from rest. And we're going to come back refreshed. I, I see that. But we're not in a place where we're running from. We're in a place where we're running to. Right, this, is, this, is, this is a way that I see to accelerate what's going on. And it might feel like, because rest, listen, rest isn't a pause, it's a pull. David Elf said this, he said, a sabbatical is an extension of the weekly Sabbath rest. Taking leave to build up or renew your spirit may prevent you from leaving the ministry altogether before it's God's time for you to do so. And I read that and I, heard, I saw that Hebrew scripture again flash in my mind so that you're not disqualified. And I realized, I was like, okay. Maybe because of COVID, maybe because I'm getting older. What, whatever it might be, I don't know. But running at the pace that I'm most comfortable at running isn't sustainable. And it's gonna, it's, it's, I don't want to miss, I don't want to be taken out or take you out. <laughs> I, I don't want to be taken out before it's God's time. Be disqualified because something broke. So today's takeaway is, is rest is not the reward for our liberation, nor something we lay hold of once we are free. It's the path that delivers us there. Wow. I always thought rest is for when I'm done the work. Rest is, like I said to my grandma, I was like, I was like I'll rest when I'm dead. and We got eternity to do that. That's going to be my reward for working so hard on earth. And God's going to pat me on the back and all the rest. And he's like, no, no, no. You want the freedom? Jesus promised freedom here. And it's the path. Rest is a path to deliver us there. So thanks to our, our board and, and our campus pastors we've met, Joel and I are going to be taking a sabbatical. We're going to be starting that sabbatical um, right after Easter. So about four weeks from now. And we wanted to tell you that before, like the Sunday before, and then, you know, peace out, see you later. That's, we're like, that would be cruel. Because we want, we want, we're not running away, and we want to have conversation with you. If you have questions, I'm sure you have questions. If you have questions, feel free. To, we want to be here enough to talk and to love on. And we're doing this because we love you. And this vision. And I, this vision is to walk alongside. So Parallel Church, would you walk alongside us? so that we can more effectively walk alongside you and our communities. And I think, I think that what I'm going to learn in this time, I think that this is a rhythm that is not just for me. And what I want to teach you over the next couple of weeks is not just a rhythm about me, but I think there's a rhythm in this as for all of us some way 
Because we all got a race to run. This is not just about my race. This is about all of us. Amen? Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. And what I love most about your word is how it's so alive. And how we can read something or over something a thousand times. And then the thousandth and first time we read it again, all of a sudden we see stuff we never saw before. And how that unlocks so much more of what you have promised in us. And God, I pray when it comes to this revelation of Sabbath and rest and the rhythms of grace, I pray that that revelation would resonate in our hearts and that we teach us, Lord, to help us to learn to walk with you and work with you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here today and you don't yet have a relationship with Jesus, Maybe it's because we misrepresented some of his ideas like Sabbath. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. I want you to know Jesus wants a relationship with you. And all you need to do to begin that relationship with him is to confess with your mouth that Jesus is God. And if you believe in your heart that he rose again from the dead, you can begin a relationship with him. And that's not initiation to joining a church or, or a religion. Not at all. It's an invitation to a relationship with him. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer that confesses with our mouth that Jesus is God. And if you believe what you're praying is true right here, right now, you can begin relationship with him. Let's pray this together. If you're watching online, pray with me wherever you're watching from. Let's pray this together. Dear Jesus, I confess that you are God. And I believe that you rose again from the dead. And I ask you right now to become my God my Lord and Savior, and my friend. And thank you for forgiving me of all my sins and for accepting me just as I am. I give my heart to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes and bow your heads out of respect to the people around you. If you prayed this prayer for the first time and you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, would you just, everyone else's eyes are closed, heads are bowed, would you just boldly raise up your hand and give me a wave? And at the end of the service, we'd love to give you a Bible. It's our free gift to you. Explains what this relationship's all about. Go around one more time. Just, if you prayed this prayer the first time, just give me a quick wave. Awesome, awesome, awesome. If you prayed this prayer, thank you. If you prayed this prayer for the first time and you're watching online, you just have to click like on the comment below. I have decided, and our team will reach out to you and send you that Bible as well. Isn't God good?